What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Namaste. Hello. Okay with you. That's fine with me. I I love that. Namaste, which is what Hindu. And what it means is the the eternal, the spirit, the Tao in me recognizes the same in you, our spirits. So you come in peace. You come, well, yes. You know, what we do, you hold up your hand so we don't have a sword. And it's always that to do a military. Shake hands means you don't have a club (laughs) behind your back. Uh, I, I got to do something first up here. We, we, uh, there's a promotion spot that runs, and I think it's the opening of this, that in which I say the more we change, the more things remain the same. I picked up a copy, and this, of course, would go with my opening this morning, of uh, a little publication or a paper called Tao Te Ching by uh, the ancient uh, Indian uh, wise man Lao Tzu. I know you've probably heard of Lao Tzu. I don't. Have you ever read the Tao Te Ching? No, I have. But anyway, you know, it's now on that, my list, though. Okay, all right. It's six hundred years before Christ, before this, you know, these millenniums, six hundred years ago. Now, remind you, uh, Lao Tzu is writing to the leaders because back in the Confucius did the same thing. You know, you're very familiar with that. Uh, but all of these were written because they were advice given to the great leaders. So here is his advice to a leader. And he's talking about the people. And he says, show them what is likely to excite their desires. That's the way to keep their minds from disorder. <laughs> now listen to this. Before the sage, this is the, the leader, in the exercise of his government, empties their minds... Oh, oh, therefore, not before, therefore the sage, in the exercise of his government, empties their minds, fills their bellies, weakens their wills, and strengthens their bones. Uh, Uh, Sound familiar? Uh He constantly tries to keep them without knowledge (laughs) and without desire, and where there are those who have knowledge, to keep them from presuming to act on it. (laughs) So basically fat, dumb, and happy? Yes. Yeah, through, through these, uh, the mindless, look at our popular culture, totally mindless, mm. completely mindless. Uh, and uh, the, the entertainment and the things that we are consumed about and interested in, like filling the tool sheds and the rented thing with stuff, right. and the attic and the cellar, <laughs> and jamming anywhere you and can And having get. the latest cell phone, iPhone, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I think fundamentally uh, 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 trivia. Uh, but I thought that was interesting because well, this would be 700 years ago, 800 years ago, 700 years ago, I guess it was. They're saying this, and but, but there's a parallel. Hitler once said, "The uh, how fortunate for government that people are so stupid." Right, that's it. But there's and and even get back to uh, Machiavelli, uh, but uh, and the Romans remember keeping mm-hmm. the people entertained. 
uh, to keep their mind off what you're doing to them. Yeah. I, I just thought I'd mention that because I thought That's it was remarkable that yeah. this could have been written today by somebody writing a treatise on how to, uh, and, and look what we're getting into now, as, as we head more and more into a what, totalitarian welfare state, right. uh, that, that the people's minds are being, are being completely lulled and diverted. And I think a lot of this stuff that I rail about and get very sick to my stomach about some of these, this real loony nonsense is done on purpose. Probably to make us laugh, which makes us more docile. Yeah. And we talked about the docile workforce last week. Okay, I, I got. Let, let me let me jump into one thing. Apparently, the uh, the impeachment thing. It's hard to avoid that. Oh, it's because all over. That's being funded today. Well, this is the uh, impeachment. This Congress. Now let's start with them. What uh, and the Democratic Party essentially. And I hate to say that, having been one at one time back when it was a legitimate political party. Uh, what they are doing here in the legislature, they will tie up not only legislative activity for months leading up to the election, but it will also, through their toadies in the media, this will be all the news, thunderous news constantly, the minutiae of it, just stripping it down, angels dancing on the head of pins and the like over it which will keep people from getting, the public from getting legitimate stories about issues. So what they're doing, they are managing to sweep aside big issues, immigration, taxes, health care, infrastructure's a big one, the climate. You'll hear a little bit about these, but only insofar as they keep up. They have to do obligatory damning of Trump. Uh, And so they'll throw a little bit of this out. But essentially, what this will do would be to eliminate from the public any meaningful uh, uh, ideological dialogue going into the election. Yeah. So. uh, Yeah, and I can't watch uh, Hot Bench this morning, and Rachel Ray's been preempted because of this coverage. (laughs) Rachel Ray? I mean, that's sacred. I know. There's no rage this morning. Uh, I'll have to spend 40 minutes making my meal to dinner. I don't have a 30-second meal. So we welcome in all the Rachel Ray viewers right here at Facebook Live. And I want to mention, Eric Scott's going to join us next week. Okay. Uh, And uh, the news director and, of course, the the, uh, great voice of the news. Eric Scott is probably the most intelligent, brightest man I've ever met, and I've worked with some good ones. But Eric wrote a piece for the website this morning, and it's about voter apathy in New Jersey. See, that's another thing that plays into this impeachment thing. People get so sick of hearing about it. Yet you wear down. They're not going to care. Down, yeah. But we're getting into a situation in here in which the voter turnout's down to 15%. But Eric wrote very meaningfully about that. Now, I wanted to get one, one more comment. And uh, I'm not sure exactly how to word this. What words are... Is the F word allowable? I, I don't mean the big one. I mean the... Uh, the little one? Uh, I uh, don't know. Lou? Uh, Lou? Can we see? Uh, what I, kind well, of effort? I'm, I'm going to tell you about something that's going on in a real legislature in a, in a country where apparently things are meaningful. I, I, I will paraphrase. I will paraphrase it. You'll know what the word is when I get through with this. Okay. In Kenya. Now, we often think, and sort of uh, stereotypically, that some of the African countries are a little bit behind us in their political sophistication. Not so. While our government, our elected leaders, our Congress, lawmaking uh, institutions, 
are set to tie everything up to do nothing meaningful for what they're doing in the Kenyan legislature. Lawmakers are debating an initiative to curb and to stop um, passing gas on airplanes. <laughs> now, I see there's another word that's much more dramatic for oh, that. Okay, that's... Uh, which, which in this story, they use that, that word. Uh, you know, it's a family show. Right. <laughs> I think station's owned by a family. <laughs> so, and they said, if there's any one given irritant that makes people fight on board aircraft, it is the F-A-R... <laughs> You know, t word. Yeah, because where is that going to dissipate, right? I said it You're is stuck terrible. With it for within... about two hours. Oh, right. No, I think we brought it up on crowded elevators. That's not good <laughs> either. So, uh, I mean, there. Now that makes some sense. All right, let's talk to uh, Joe, who said the entire political apparatus is broken and corrupt. Yes, absolutely. Maybe they should concentrate on keeping people from leaving New Jersey, not worry about education and sanctuary cities. Uh, stop wasting everyone's time. Get cracking on making this upholstered men's room of a state <laughs> back to some normalcy. You know, Joe, we have been doing this, Bob and I sitting here, Eric Scott, uh, Dennis and Judy, Jeff and Bill have been here. We've been here almost 30 years doing this. You see the response we got. We had one success. Uh, now, I've talked about the things that I pushed for 30 years. This, government reform, uh, the grip, of course, and we all, the left lane dick, you know, get out of the passing lane unless you're passing. Economic issues, we have pushed those one and got nowhere. Everything is the same, and it is. One thing, and that was the red light scamera. Right, we did get that. I've almost right. forgotten about it. We weren't the only ones, but we were instrumental in that, mm -hmm. getting to throw this abomination out of the state, right. the red light, light cameras. Uh, Okay, let's oh, move. Oh, did you, uh, speaking of red light cameras, did you hear the latest thing about the school buses, the proposal uh, to put cameras on school buses to catch violators of people passing school buses? I thought they did that some time ago. But this is apparently a new bill, but there's um, some caveats to this where the camera can determine if you're within 25 feet of a school bus. And if you stop and you think you're stopped in time for a school bus with enough space, if you're under 25 feet, you're subject to a fine because the law states that you have to stop 25 feet. Now, how many people really are stopping yeah, 25 feet? Right. But apparently these cameras can track that. Well, you see, that's the point. The same thing with the right turns uh, on red. Yeah. There are situations. Every situation is almost different. Yeah. So, and the same with this. Yeah. So if they, if they want to strictly enforce that, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because it's so patently ridiculous. Because you would think the cameras would be there just to catch the violators that are passing the school buses yeah. and to get a license plate tag so you at least follow up and and well, uh, pursue that person. Let me ask Dan Alexander. Dan, they do that already, don't they? They have uh, cameras, school buses. Didn't they do that a few years ago? To, to catch people going by, or are the individual drivers supposed to do that on their cell phones? I think they're supposed to look I'm it up. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, the, would you please? But I, I thought there were, I know there was legislation to that effect, whether it got anywhere. It, it's like the fight for years and years over having seat belts on school buses. Right. And they never got, I think they eventually did get it on new school buses that are being manufactured. 
You know the biggest argument against having uh, seat belts on school buses? The kids would beat the bedickens out of each other with the seat belts mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're, yeah. you're dealing with humanity. Uh, John says, what about the Hudson Tunnel? We can never have that without our lazy senators who only care about non-New Jersey issues. Now, I think we said John, this. I, I, I'm, John, if your heart doesn't melt over a little dog falling out of a helicopter, I don't know. Well, or, or an umbrella, because this is what our senators are doing. Well, take, oh, oh, except part, uh, Spartacus. What's he, he doing? He, well, he's, he's trying to raise money. He's begging money so he can continue his feudal campaign. But we have not had a, a uh, champion for New Jersey infrastructure since Frank Lautenberg. I think we mentioned that a couple weeks ago. You know, Frank Lautenberg was the transportation infrastructure guy. He went to the federal government. Mm-hmm. He got those dollars in for highway and transit improvements. And I'm telling you, I, I would tend to think if Frank was still around and in office, Lautenberg would have uh, made that tunnel project happen several years ago, and he would have brokered a deal across the aisle and made uh, it happen. Yeah, it's it's very possible. I, I do not know. Yeah. Okay, this is another well, we do not have a chance. Voter apathy is because it does not matter if you are conservative. This state always sides with the Democrats. There's an element of that. I tell you what, Joe, put this in abeyance till next week because uh, Eric has written very eloquently on that. Yeah. Uh, and, and he has some very, very good ideas about what. Well, there's a number of issues. Yeah. That certainly would be one of them. We're, we're basically well, almost th- a one-state party. And, and, and to play into what Joe's uh, Narado, what, what Joe is saying is that we had this redistricting gerrymandering so that it's practically impossible to root one party, which is the Democratic Party here, yeah. out. Because and, uh, they, they changed the districts to strengthen this uh, particular party. Yes. Uh, in other words, if you've got a district here that's been here for years... And over here, there's a town that grew up, and they're 85% Democrats. The Republicans would like to do it, but it goes to the Democrats. Then what you do, you redistrict and you take them in. Oh, if you want to know how redistricting works, there is a great chapter explaining it by former Governor uh, Dick Cody in a book he wrote. it's It's a very readable book. It's called Me, Governor? And if you get a chance, maybe you can do it on the cheap with a Kindle version or something yeah. or buy yourself a copy. It's worth it. I gave you L- your copy back, right? You loaned it to me. Yeah, I did. I, I did give that back to you, right? You did? I, I think I did. I'll go, <laughs> I'll go check my... That, that's what... Uh, I don't know. Are, are you it's, looking it's, for it? No, no, it's not urgent. But I, there, I think I gave Did it you read it? You. Yeah, oh, it was uh, fascinating. Now, the chapter, Very easy read. The chapter is on an actual redistricting, which they do every 10 years. You know what happened the last redistricting while the Democrats won? Chris Christie gave it to them. Mm. They had it evenly split. Democrats and Republicans considering changing these districts to the advantage of one party or another. And there was a head of it who was a tiebreaker. So naturally, with four Democrats and four Republicans, whatever, it's going to be a tie. The tiebreaker, in advance, had announced that he was going to come down on what ended up being the Democrats' position, and Christie appointed him, knowing that was going to happen. Oh, Elaine, 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 down memory lane. Remember the toilet paper issue over 20 years ago? Of course, with... uh Jim Florio's you know, picture I, on the toilet roll? I, I got that on my list here, the, the toilet paper rebellion. Also, I have the uh, uh, the Flying Pigs rally, which yes. you, and you spoke at the Flying Pigs rally. <laughs> okay, cameras are in school buses to show the kids and drivers' behavior. Is, is that pretty much it, Dan? Yes. Here comes Dan Alexander, our head writer here, who's 
yeah. He's running out to the green room to get his image. <laughs> but think. now they're looking to be able uh, to enforce violators. Well, that... it, obviously, you want this enforced. It's also against the law. There's a whole string of things, like passing a frozen dessert truck when yeah. it stopped. Right, that's pretty it much the same law. The, but you, but, yeah. the, but the school bus, is, as far as I know, is a five-point violation on your license. That's the biggest well, one. Uh, but but and, the thing is, it's so open. Uh, d does does this? Well, maybe Dan knows this too. Will this device actually measure twenty-five feet? Well, that's that's the concern of the. Uh, this, this legislation has been up from what I'm reading. I, the crash course I've gotten. The, the this legislation has been proposed before to yeah. have these uh, uh, cameras on the school bus arms. Right now, you can have a, a camera mm -hmm. on the bus, and we've we've okay. gotten we've. There was a case uh, in Lakewood last year where they we got that footage of a, a child had brought a, a weapon onto a bus, and they we got to see that footage. Mm -hmm. um, this led, the, but the current legislation would um, allow video cameras to be mounted on the sides of school buses. I'm reading from David Matthau's story to ensure that all drivers that pass a stopped school bus are ticketed, uh, and it's sponsored by Assembly Assemblyman Rob Carab Carabinacek from Middlesex. He's a Democrat. Uh, it would authorize the use of a school bus monitoring system to identify drivers who do not stop for school buses, send them a ticket in the mail. The measure can st have stiff fines and such. And Declan O'Scanlan, he is opposed to it because, much like with the red light cameras, yeah. there's no human element to it. Basically, yeah. if you're going 26 into 25, you're going to get a ticket. Right. Th this and is what I wanted to ask you. It indicates you had not stopped, but, but what, when, what distance, and how do they determine the distance? Right. Or... Eric Scott, speaking of Eric, Eric got a ticket one time on the red light scammer thing, and it turned out that he had jumped it by one twenty-sixth of a second. Hmm. I mean, well, that's how idiotically they enforced it for money. I mean, the, the whole thing was for money. School bus, obviously, yeah. does have a safety Billy element. up here had a good comment. School bus camera is cool if it's for passing only. Right, to, 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 well, to this, see the Yes, passer, yes the but this is for not stopping, not Within stopping, period, yes. I could understand. N but not stopping so many feet. Yes. A, a, is, is that right? There is a specific distinct yes, right. number. You stop of feet. 19 feet instead of the, uh, you, the you, regulate, regulate. Yeah, 19 25. feet 11 inches. Instead of 25. You feet. get a four. You get a big five. You would get a ticket. Yeah, yeah. conceivably. You could. Now, thank you, Dan, very much. Thanks, buddy. Gosh, it's nice to have people who actually know what they're talking right. about. Right. He and, knows, he and knows we, it. We, I put on a front like I do. <laughs> Oh, let me let me. Uh, okay, we got a couple more here. The uh, okay, tickets, 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 money, 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 management, mismanagement, management of the funds. You know, I, I'm going to jump over something here. I want to do because I mentioned the flying pig rally. Governor Corzine, in his budget address, and we had talked about this. People had for years. Look, why raise taxes? And why this huge? Uh, budget when if you cut out waste you could save god right. knows how much we know that started because in the very beginning of the florio administration in uh, 1990 jim florio had run among other things on a platform of the fact that he would have all state departments audited for waste if he were elected he was elected as i recall they started the audit they had gotten to the point they had they had identified Seems to me about $3 billion in waste. It could have been five. It's been a long time ago from memory. But it was at least $3 billion in waste in the first five departments they audited. Hmm. So they stopped the audit, and that was the last we heard of that. 
Shame it didn't go further. Yeah. Well, anyway, Governor Corzine had addressed that, and he had said, when they can save enough money to balance this budget, when we can save that much money by cutting out waste, pigs will fly. <laughs> now, unfortunately, that speech had been written for him by a man, I think he probably had a good sense of humor. <laughs> I don't know, but the governor read it. And, of course, that became something. So this radio station, naturally. Yes, of course, we picked up on We the picked up and... We organized a flying pig rally. I looked all over the house for my flying pig rally clothes, my shirt. Could not find it. Next week, I'll try that for sure. So we went down to the state house. Slew of people turned out. You spoke. and You were great. I didn't realize you could do that because you were an orator. Well, yeah, you get me going. You get me a little gin in me, and I'll start going. I'll say a lot of things. Well, but you sure did then. So uh, let let me get to... uh, this business of walking on minefields, as you put it last week, I think I'd mentioned eggshells, but right. verbal minefields. I think yeah, that's, that's and we all we we we're, it's more and more over absolutely nothing, uh, and so many things. I see these things that somebody's being charged with a some civil rights or a hate violation by something that if if it's if it's real, yeah, there's no problem with that, of course. But some of these things are so flimsy that someone looked cross-eyed and the bullying thing got out of hand, too, for the same reason. So what they do, they come up with something that's eminently reasonable to stop a, a, a practice that's not good. And then they just keep overdoing it, keep overdoing it. Uh, and it gets to the point of absurdity. Now, here, the uh, this story, I believe it was in, in Bridgeton, Bridgeton area. Uh, in South Jersey. Now, this was, this, I, I'll try to shorten this because I, people all know the story of the little girl who disappeared. From Bridgeton. Yeah. And, of course, there was a lot of comment about that. It's been on the air. It's been hard. People talk about it all the time. Everybody has their theory about what happened to the little girl. Uh, thank uh-huh. God, maybe some of these theories might be right and she's fine. At least we hope that's the way it's going to go. But anyway, a school teacher, so far as we know, a good teacher. Uh, Facebook. I mean, she's not out with a megaphone yelling this in the street at somebody trying to intimidate him. She made a statement because there was a discussion about why the mother, this very young mother with three children, why she stayed in a car, at least as I understand this, and let two of the kids, I think there was a, what, a three-year-old and a four-year-old, three-year-old girl disappeared, the four-year-old was the brother, let them play, presumably out of sight. Uh, and it's it's a question, but whatever reason, we weren't there, but she apparently stayed in the car. So there's some criticism. Why wasn't she out watching him? Because in this country, we are just very hot for that sort of thing. With all the child snatchings and things that go on, we are becoming, you know, certainly rabid in our protection and watching children. I know when, I, when my kid, my boys were little, they'd go to a bazaar in the mall. I would stand there right behind them, man. Nobody could... <laughs> look right, cross-eyed at him, right. but and I don't know the situation in, in 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 Mexico. But this teacher said, "I quote as best I can." Well, they're Mexican. It's a different culture. They don't supervise the children like we do. That's just proposition that looked at logically. You would debate: is it right or is it wrong? I don't know. But all of a sudden, it's a big thing, and this teacher. Stands possibility of losing her job. 
right? Because she expressed that argument. Because that's supposed to somehow, I don't know, that's supposed to be some kind of a hate speech against people who live in Mexico. This is crazy. She said that probably she heard that, but I don't know. Maybe she was there. But she says it's a different culture. They don't supervise the children like we do. Maybe the children aren't in as much danger there. I don't know. Mm. But the fact, this is a fairly innocent statement that if she's wrong, somebody says, oh, I don't think that's right. And everybody says, okay, and you go about your business. But why, should, why should she be persecuted for yeah. just expressing And so she said that, but my thing is, so what? So what? Why the hysteria about it? Every, see, everybody, again, it's the minefield. You can't keep going like this. There are going to be, eventually, somebody's going to come out with a dictionary. Bob, you can do this and maybe make some money of forbidden words and phrases. Hmm. It, well, you think this book is thin. I think it's about 30 pages in there. This one's going to be like these legendary uh, ethnic slur stories about <laughs> great blank yes. armies or, or intellectuals or something. Uh, Billy says, that's not a... That's not, bad of a statement, honestly. No, it's not. It's not a bad statement at all. Uh, it's the response to another listener who said you were too right-wing. Uh, Melinda, Jim has always been and always will be... Uh, he, she, she's a long-time listener. Okay, so she's a, she's a positive person. I was looking for the person who said... Uh, <laughs> look, look, I... I <laughs> I have my bones to pick with what we call the right wing, the ultra conservatives, too. It's just that they are not in the news. Just now, you tell me one story now going currently that involves that, other than Hillary Clinton saying, keep saying she was a victim of a right wing conspiracy. I've never conspired against Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I tried as best I could to avoid even thinking about Hillary Clinton or mentioning it. And, the, and, and, and so, what you are, either you are now to a progressive, you are either far to the left, about to fall off the earth. Or you are a wild-eyed, right-wing, gun-slinging, <laughs> uh, people-bashing, ethnical-slurring person. I never understood when, why people uh, always, some people viewed you as ultra-right-wing. You are nowhere near there. You're, you're a voice of reason. You've always come across well, uh, as a as common I sense. I don't know how old these people are, but how many people like I worked for Eugene McCarthy in the 68 election? And we worked hard, my, my, my wife and I living in Connecticut at the time. Yeah. Uh, of course, for my wife, it didn't hurt. We belonged to the same McCarthy group that Paul Newman belonged to. <laughs> so, uh, she'd be on the phone with Paul. Okay, Kathy, sorry to find that 101.5 is not bipartisan, but is the Fox News of radio. So disappointed in you, Jim, that you've lowered yourself to name-calling. Back when Democrats were a legitimate party, you've lost me as a listener. Okay, cheerios. I hope I don't mind offending people at all. Never did. Mm. Little offense is good for people. Mm. You find out that the people who say, I'll never listen to you again, are your most rabid listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I, I, again, you see, this again is walking on eggshells. The, we talk about the Democratic Party. I'm, I didn't say Democrats were a legitimate. I said a Democratic Party was a legitimate party the standing the platform standing the on what I knew were the issues of the Democratic Party. Right. Now this this changed. can go back if you want to. You go back to Roosevelt if you want. Yeah. Uh, and you could Adlai Stevenson, John Kennedy. I even voted for McGovern. 
I think there yeah. were two of us. Right, yeah. oh, you're, <laughs> you you're you may have been the other. I, I, I was the one who did that. I'm just very disappointed in the stance that the party is not not that much locally. Uh, but I do know a lot of Democrats. One thing I've always said, and this is, this is not a political thing, you should always fight to get sit to, uh, next to a Democrat at a, at, a, at a dinner or a party or an occasion. Why is that? Huh? Why is that? Because they're more entertaining. <laughs> you should always do that. But my idea now, you should always sit next to a Democratic you know, political figure, but you should never vote for one. I'm not going to get engaged in splitting hairs with people. If you don't like it, good heavens, it's a free country. Uh-oh. Is it? Uh-oh. I may have offended that listener. And there may be demonstrations. And there may be lawsuits. Because I did not agree. Now, the, uh, gosh, I have no problem. I have no problem. Let me put it this way. I have no problem with liberals, having been one, to a large extent. Otherwise, no. You see, listen, let me, let me make a, a, a fairly simple statement here that I made kind of a note about just to sort of remind myself. I agree with many of the central theses of the, the, what I say, the left part of the party. See, what's happening is the Democratic Party, for political reasons, I do not believe in their hearts at all. They are going left, 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 getting further to the left, further out there, because the feeling is, in the high places, this is where the votes are. Young people are being indoctrinated in school and in every, uh, the media, in every single way, to say that, as I talked about last week, they take a survey, what form of government do you prefer? 30-some percent of young people will say socialism. Because? Because that encourages us to socialize. To socialize. (laughs) Anyway, I believe in the thesis that we have to change our ways. Start taking care of the earth, start taking care of each other, and to me, that's as obvious as a fist in the face. We have to do these things. Population control, uh, environmental reforms, uh, water conservation. You can go on with all of the right. list. Now, they do mention these things, but then they have to get... Everybody's trying to get further left than somebody else. Now, they're, they're out there. Everything is free. Right. You know, with Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, every, everything is free. free. But then somebody's going to have to pay for it. But obviously not the people who are getting the stuff free. So, I mean, there, there's a little bit of inconsistency there. But I tell you, just to cut to the chase here, cut to the chase, I don't like the people who are promoting it. That's a personal thing, perhaps. But I, I don't have any trust in these people. They're operating out of some sense of self-aggrandizement. Uh, but anyway, um, list, so I'm, I'm sorry we got bogged down in that. Uh, this. The, the political labeling is part of this what a, uh, politics of identity. And so, now the same person who said that, that I am, whatever it is, a far-right-wing conservative, or yeah. somewhere to the right of Barry Goldwater, <laughs> or Attila the Hun, perhaps, Louis XIV, yeah. the son, king of France. <laughs> I, I've got to do something here before we leave. Now, this has to do with dogs. Yes. And I got You're some, talking about the uh, dog ownership thing? I, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm, I'm going to gloss over something, and then I will have a, uh, a, a couple of stories here uh, regarding it. Uh, 
I'm not going to get into the details, but from things we've talked about and what I have learned, mostly from my own experience, I really feel, and this would be hard to do, and a lot of people will say cockamamie, yeah, you're acting, you're not acting like a right-wing imperialist which said you should be able to do anything you want to dogs. <laughs> so, I got a story about that, too. But I am becoming convinced that there should be some certification or education or anybody who's about to own a dog should have to sit through some kind of a training program. You could do it online and get a quiz because there are so many things we don't understand about these animals. And I have done it. Some of the, I have, like Edith Piaf said in the song, non je ne regret rien, you know, I have no regrets. Except I look back now and I see things that I have done to dogs who were treated royally, I thought. Fed well, cared well, the vet, you know, uh, visits and everything. But there are things we don't know. And to me, one of the main abuses I see in dogs, people who have them, do not realize, and just as one thing, the dog is a pack creature. Hmm. The dog has to have a pack. It could be just you and the dog. But you've got to establish it. Or other dogs. Or else the dog is pretty miserable. Uh, uh, so that that's one small thing. Uh, I've got neighbors, good people, who have dogs, and they obviously don't know a thing about dogs. Mm. Because the dogs will be put out, two nice bulldogs, they will be put out in the backyard to howl and bark all day, which drives us up a wall. But they're, as I said, they're good people. You don't want to hurt anybody. Well, how do you get out of this? We have three right now, Dobermans. They are trained to not bark unless there is a reason to bark. Hmm. Then they're allowed one. <laughs> Except at night, of course, they could go nuts if somebody's crawling through the window. But it's very easy to do. But these dogs just endlessly, endlessly bark. And these are bulldogs that are left outside? They're left outside. One was in, in the temperature, you know, the temperature oh, pushes 100, they're out there. And then they have separation anxiety, too. Yeah. But, well, I, but, but that, that's just one thing. Now, the people, uh, I cannot say they shouldn't have a dog. Because they feed the dog, and I'm sure they have cared for the dog, but they don't they, know. They don't understand. It's a matter of ignorance. The dog can die in that weather. We leave uh, our dog out for five minutes in the in the warm weather. He's like panting. It's like, hey, what are you leaving me out there for so long? Let me get some water. Our dogs all hit 100 pounds. When it gets too hot, you let them in or they're going to come through the door on yeah, their own. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they will bull rush the door. I, I, I said I'll get into that more. But something something to educate people into some of the mores of the dog. I have terrible, you know, sometimes guilt, and I have to try to fight it away, over things that nobody, people generally wouldn't notice. Well, okay, so you had the dog in the, in the, in the backyard, and, uh, but I didn't uh, have enough contact with the dog, and the dog had plenty of room to run and plenty to eat. Now, this is Pookie, this is Nikita. Mm. And I just didn't spend enough time with her, couldn't let her in the house because she would get nervous and piddle if she got nervous. So... Okay, you know, nice house outside, you know, the whole thing. But anyway, so now what but, do we but do? Here's, here's two stories. Uh, number one is, okay, number one is a dog. I read about this. Uh, Dan would know about that, too. It was on the website. A dog called Aladdin. And Aladdin was a dog in South Jersey who had been abused terribly. People took it in to, to sort of cut to the chase here. People took the dog in. Got it care. It ended up recovering, being a very nice dog. All of a sudden, it comes down with an illness. 
that at first was diagnosed by veterinary authority as a terminal uh, affliction okay. or anomaly, found out later that it wasn't. However, during the course of figuring that out, they run up a $16,000 bill. Goodness. Now, that is, now here's my thing. This has gotten so out of hand that the cost of veterinary care prices many good people out of veterinary care because they can't afford it. Yeah. You don't go to a vet for less than a few hundred dollars nope. for anything. That's right. Uh, but anyway, the, the, the story with Aladdin is that I see, and I, there was a parallel story to a, uh, a police dog, canine dog in South Jersey who was wounded in action. And it ended up they had to go on Go Face Me to raise money mm. to pay the vet bills. Now, you tell me why, in the name of anything, the vets would not do this pro bono on a, on a, on a canine dog that was shot protecting the public, and all they're doing is running it up. So, it, it, and the same thing with Aladdin. Show some mercy here. Right. And so these people go on Facebook, they raise money, and I suppose the people doing this, soaking up the money think that this is going to happen. $16,000, some care, obviously, and what apparently was a misdiagnosis. Apparently the dog has something very operable now. But why the charge? It, it, now, and so my first thought was that this is a remarkable incident in New Jersey. Here is a group who managed to, what would you say, you talk about transgendering people, they transspecied <laughs> because... They turned a dog into a cash cow. Uh, and so that's my complaint there. Now, here's another one more thing. This is Jordan, the country of Jordan, which is Israel's neighbor. They're generally friendly to us. The State Department has been sending the Jordanian government trained drug-sniffing dogs, trained in this country. Now... If you are going to go out and buy yourself a drug-sniffing dog, I imagine twenty twenty-five thousand dollars because the training is intense. Absolutely intense. Now, what's happening is they find out that if they send these dogs trained to Jordan, they are abused, and they have a picture of a dog, a three-year-old Belgian Malinois, emaciated, covered with ticks and sand flies, and and of course other injuries after a year in Jordan was repatriated back to the U.S., finally had to be anesthetized by the same facility that trained him. And that's one. This is constantly happening. The animals are being abused. Why? It's where you're sending them, and this is not a government policy there, and I'm sure this is not everybody, but Jordan is an Islamic country. In Islam, a dog is an unclean animal. It is, in a sense, in league with the devil. And there is a tradition that if you have gone to prayer and you get you finish your prayer, you get up and you see a dog, your prayer is nullified. Mm. Now, who came up with that one? I have no idea. I'm not that deeply into the, the, their doctrines. But that apparently is the case. And so what it appears to be happening possibly here, and certainly not by good, decent people, but there are nuts and if the dog is a tool of the devil and Satan, you can't abuse Satan, so perhaps you can his representative. Right. And so I think there's something playing into that. Now, here's my problem. There's been a cry from the uh, United States Office of the Inspector General to get them the hell out of there. 
But the State Department says, no, they are going to give it some consideration. And apparently, they're going to start sending dogs back once they get what they call a sustainability plan to ensure canine health. Hmm. You didn't get that in the first place? I mean, you're sending, just think of this culturally, and this is the State Department. It's supposed to have some people there bright enough to realize cultural differences. So um, they're going to turn right around and do it again. So it's not just the money, it's the poor dog. What's going to happen to it? I had to get it out. Hey, so what are you doing for Indigenous Persons Day coming up? I don't know any indigenous persons. I, I'm thinking if I see an Eskimo, you better believe. We're talking uh, Columbus say, Day. Oh. So if you go to Newark I, and I, Princeton. I'm not that familiar with that. Apparently Newark and Princeton not celebrating Columbus Day any longer. because I, of the I don't, have any, I don't have any problem with that. I think it's a great idea, but I think it should be another day. Hmm. I mean, I know that there, there is an attempt to discredit Columbus. This has been going on for a long time. And no doubt the Knights of Columbus will be considered a racist group right. or something. You know, something. Maybe they'll change their name to Knights of Indigenous and People. Knights of Indigenous People. I, I, I would suggest that to the church, any people in the church hierarchy listening. Right. No, do it. It's fine. There's no, po- no problem with honoring people and their traditions. And there's no problem in feeling guilty as hell at what the Spaniards did and yeah. in, in wiping out a culture that was more advanced than their own. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and what with about, one exception and th- this I think was the problem and again I'm just thinking uh, from, from history when the Pissarro uh, Cortez, the, the Spaniards arrived, they were accompanied by priests because the idea of Jesuits to convert anything in sight they saw one of the first things they saw about the people especially in uh, Montezuma, your, your large cities uh, uh, that they were practicing human sacrifice. Now, the Inquisition was a horrible thing, bringing terrible devastation and cruelty, but they did not believe in human sacrifice. Mm. Therefore, they were superior in their cruelty to these people. So, therefore, they had a right to wipe them out. So, uh, but... Other than that, it is absolutely amazing the culture that they had there. And we destroyed it. They destroyed the culture that might have had... Remember, remember the calendar that, that was so accurate that right. they thought that it predicted a change in a whole new era mm-hmm. on December the 21st, when was it, 2011 or whatever it was. And right. all of this stuff, is, it's, it's, it, was, it was so... Okay, yeah. uh, but I, again, you, you asked what I thought about indigenous persons. They... Great. Have it on another day. <laughs> and that, well, yeah, what are the car dealers going to do? Have Indigenous uh, Persons Day car sales? They probably will. And they probably will have... Big furniture sales for Indigenous Persons well, who, Day? Well, who are Indigenous Persons are the American Indians. Right. Now, I don't say you're supposed to say Native Americans are you're a racist, which is ridiculous, because the people I know who are Native Americans, they're very proud of the Indian. Right. It's like, what, the Washington Redskins? Mm-hmm. I think, is that flaps over, I guess. No, it's still going on. Yeah. They, see, I had a great idea. They, they had a picture of an Indian on their helmets, yes. and it said, Redskins. Just go along, put a red potato picture, and that's Redskins, and right. put that on your helmet and tell these people to go sit down and shut the yeah. hell up. And root for the spuds. Root for the spuds. <laughs> 
I don't know. What uh, I think I think we're going downhill. That's fine. <laughs> so we're quit while we're behind. Yeah, but there's there's just so much so much yeah. stuff, so many things going on. Uh, try to hang in. Yeah, glad glad you joined us this yeah, morning. Uh, namaste. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.